Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Jesse Palmer, who's a business development manager for Xylem, who specialises in water management solutions across a number of industries with a big focus on mining. Jesse has developed a new mine water management guide, um, which I will attach to the um, show notes to this accompanying this podcast. And he's here today to discuss solutions to water management issues that many mine operators face on a daily basis. So let's get straight into this and uh, welcome Jesse to the podcast. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm good. How about yourself, Rob? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. It's the end of the week. We're recording this on a Friday. So um, really appreciate your time um, coming on to the podcast. As we always do, wonder if you can give the audience um, a, back, a brief background about yourself, uh, about your career. Um, and then you can tell us about Xylem, what you do as a company, and then I've got a number of questions I'd like to uh, ask you. Absolutely. Let's dive right in. Um, so, well, I'm currently the business development manager for the industrial marketing team here at Xylem. Uh, my responsibilities within this role, in a nutshell, is to strengthen Xylem's industrial message. Now, how the team and I do so is through speaking engagements, building campaigns, and brochures that highlight Xylem's industrial capabilities within each of the suburbs. And internally and externally, we do training, and it can be product-specific or have more of a holistic fluid and water management approach. In addition to that, I'm responsible for keeping a close eye on what, uh, what's trending in the market, how we, can leverage internal, uh, how we can leverage this internally based on the technologies and the solutions we have to offer. And then we also examine uh, our products and technologies to see if they fit within the industrial space. And if they don't fit within the industrial space, uh, we try to determine what changes we need to make to have them better suited for the industrial space. So currently I'm working on a project right now with our water, wastewater um, submersibles and uh, some of the changes that we have to make to make it more suited for the industrial market and that is to have it, uh, we have to change the material construction, for example, some of the performance features um, uh, to meet the duty conditions in underground mines, so higher head capabilities uh, for an example. So prior to my current role, I served as a technical sales representative for four years at Xylem. Um, my role was primarily taking care of the industrial market within Alberta. Um, so the day-to-day -day processes involved working with mines to ensure that their submersible pumping equipment and controls uh, were working as intended. I made sure that inventory was being stocked and managed, made suggestions um, that would better suit uh, efficient operations. So I would build out scheduled maintenance plans um, switch out different pumps uh, for particular applications, incorporate VFDs to make sure that the equipment ran closer to the best efficiency point. Then outside of the day-to-day, -day, I worked uh, with the engineering teams and the consultants that were hired on to build out dewatering projects, automation systems, um, so that management had greater visibility of their assets and could reduce manpower in locations that were remote and deemed unsafe. And then Obviously, being that our business is water utilities, I would also be responsible for building out sanitary and stormwater uh, lift stations. Okay. Um, 
so if you can tell us a little bit more about Xylem and sort of what areas the company operates and solutions it provides, um, and I suppose with a focus to the, uh, the mining industry. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Xylem is a leading water technology company. It's committed to solving water by creating innovative and smart technology solutions to meet the world's water, wastewater, and energy needs, as you would probably see if you visited our website. So the technologies or solution portfolios we have to offer incorporate efficient and powerful pumping systems, monitoring, analytic, and control solutions, environmental water quality monitoring and quantity solutions, treatment systems, mixing equipment, heat transfer products, fire protection, and then finally, uh, pipeline integrity management and monitoring solutions. So the misconception for all these years has been that Xylem is, as a whole, is a water utilities company, but that's not the case. The technologies that I just mentioned right now and the areas of focus stem across the industrial market, commercial building solutions, agriculture, just to mention a few. Um, and then again, our focus in those sub-verticals is around fluid and water management. Okay. And if you look at mining, are you more focused on open pit mining, underground mining, um, with obviously with the technologies that, you, that you've got? Uh, we're, we're actually focused in both. Uh, if you look geographically, so with my territory, I'm responsible for America's commercial team. So that's North America and stems into Latin America. So if you look in that geographical region, we have various types of mines there. Um, you, could, you can have coal, you can have aggregate, you can have different metals, and then they also stem open pit and underground. So a lot of the focus um, in my region in Canada, if you go to Eastern Canada is underground mining, while here in Western Canada, it's open pit. And the solutions vary based on what type of mine you're, you're gonna be using. So for example, with underground mines, uh, you're going to be utilizing more of the submersibles, electric submersibles, because they're easy to move around from uh, process to process or vertical turbines because of the higher elevations that you have to overcome in a dewatering process. While with open pit, you can utilize something like a diesel driven unit that can travel uh, far distances, also achieve that elevation, but more so is focused on that flow. Okay. Um you recommend to miners to adopt a holistic approach to fluid and water management. Um, just wonder what you mean by that in practical terms and just, I suppose, enhance on that. Um, so obviously people that listen understand in layman's terms. For sure. So basically what I mean by taking a more of a holistic approach is essentially to take a step back and examine the process as a whole from a bird's eye view. Um, and as a supplier, focus on being a solution provider rather than a product provider for one specific process on site. So within mining, we break up fluid and, uh, fluid and water management into nine different processes. So the processes are sourcing, water boosting, dewatering, process water, dust suppression, fire protection, pipeline inspection, environmental monitoring, and wastewater and reuse. So when we approach a request, um, or you're helping build out an efficient system, we want to make sure that we consider all these processes collectively. So an example that comes to mind is when your site, uh, when I used to uh, size out pumping systems for dewatering solutions um, with any of these mined and, and end users, I would be first approached to size out a pump for a dewatering application. And you would be given a day-to-day -day duty condition and you'd be also given a max duty condition. So I would size out based on the max duty condition so that if you ever needed to achieve that max, you'd be able to, your pumping system will be able to do so. 
However, when I used to spend more and more time on these sites and I would survey these sites, I realized that a lot of this equipment was being utilized in other processes. Um, but when you look at pumping systems and if you're sizing them for a particular process, you can't necessarily transfer them to a different process on site. Um, the misconception with pump pumping systems is that it's a piece of equipment that transfers from point A to point B. However, you have to consider the duty conditions. So knowing that, I started to approach these uh, projects and request differently. So anytime I would get a similar request for a dewatering process and a pumping system, I would then immediately start incorporating a VFD. And then the question became, well, why are you incorporating a VFD when this hasn't been asked? I was like, and then I'd be like, I, I, every time I do go on to site, I notice that you're, being, you're utilizing this equipment from one process to another. And in order to achieve those varying duty conditions, you want to utilize a VFD so that you can get closer to the best efficiency point. So then, then that converse, after I explained that, the conversation changed because then they started considering the other processes they had on site and gave me more duty conditions. And from there, I was able to de determine if it was one piece of uh, pumping system that was required with a VFD or if we needed to utilize a, a couple different pumps uh, with VFDs. So the conversation changed. Yeah. So, so what are the benefits of, of such an approach? Um, and what sort of uh, problems uh, for miners does it solve? Um, obviously, the, the systems that you just mentioned. Yeah, great, great question. By taking such an approach, uh, you deliver better results by minimizing production downtime, lowering uh, operating costs, enhancing performance and safety, and minimizing environmental impact. Um, so which, in a nutshell, enhances productivity, reliability, and sustainability. As far as, uh, as far as problems go, no two mine operations are the same. There's no one size fits all approach. But by taking a holistic approach, we better position ourselves to address, address the three problem areas each mine faces, which are water, water quality and scarcity, regulatory compliance, and operational continuity and efficiency. So I'll take a, a brief minute to go over each of these problems. So with water quality and scarcity, if you look at remote monitoring with real-time continuous monitoring, it gives a mine a better understanding of their water use and the quality of their water and helps them better determine how much can be reused throughout their processes. So it gives the mine greater visibility into their water, which is important as a water, as we all know, water isn't as abundant as it once was. So the cost of bringing in that water greatly impacts the mine's revenue return. So having that understanding of the quality of water and being able to monitor it and get that greater visibility is very important. Now, when you look at regulatory compliance, we can go back to those remote monitoring systems um, in the case where you cannot reuse your process water. You wanna be able to determine if that process water meets discharge regulations, because if it doesn't, the mines are facing significant uh, fines, which would again impact their revenue. And then if they're facing these mines and it gets, it catches wind of, um, say, say the news catches wind of it, that's not going to look good on that for an end user. And then finally, when it comes to operational continuity and efficiency, smart technologies like these remote monitoring devices not only give mines greater visibility of their operations, but they provide them with an understanding of their, the health of their asset um, to enable them to schedule maintenance around site downtimes, create or maximize their uptimes, which then reduces unplanned downtime, which historically costs 10 times as much as scheduled, 
And in addition, smart technology allows us to run our assets more efficiently, helps us reduce energy consumption, and can aid with inventory management, all of which uh, in these mines allows them to yield more returns in an ever-changing environment where the cost of doing business is rising. So an example that comes to mind for me here that I like to use um, of a holistic approach would be the one, um, we did a project on an aggregate processing mine about two years ago in the US here. Um, so the end user was looking to relocate their processing uh, plant to facilitate increased production capacity. And, and they were looking for assistance from one provider who could help them install a comprehensive and integrated water management system to meet all their applications. So they reached out to us because we did do a lot of work on that site in various processes. Um, so we ended up supplying a turnkey water system that consisted of Gould water technology, line shaft turbines, uh, customized tanks and suction pumps, multi-stage pumps and slurry pumps. And in the end, it helped enable the mine to process 15% more aggregate than it previously could. And all we did before we came up with a solution was took a look at their original processes and then considered how the flow went, how the flow was from one process to the next. And then from there, we took that understanding and then we came up with a, a comprehensive solution. We presented it to them just to make sure that it would work for their operations and it wouldn't interrupt their flow or disrupt their flow, current flow. And, and it ended up working, as mentioned, they ended up processing 15 more percent aggregates. So that, that's the importance of uh, behind taking more of a holistic approach. Yeah, so um, I think I read it on your website. Um, why is achieving a pump's best efficiency point um, so important? So while operating, well, by operating as close to the best efficiency point, you're reducing the likelihood of premature wear, energy consumption, maintenance requirements, and the overall efficiency, which in turn helps reduce unplanned downtime. So when you look at the best efficiency point, the rule of thumb is that you should typically be within 50 to 125% of that best efficiency point. When you're outside of that, as I mentioned, you get that premature wear. So when you are outside of that, consider the pump like this. The pump has to work harder to achieve that efficiency that it was designed to do so. So when the pump has to work harder, your energy consumption is going up. So when your energy consumption is going up, there's two things to, to consider there. The energy consumption goes up, that's a cost associated to energy. And the second thing is, as the energy consumption goes up, the likelihood of premature wear increases, which, was, which I already mentioned. This then results in having to conduct your scheduled maintenance sooner than you would regularly want to. And we know on mine sites that doesn't necessarily happen. Um, so now you're looking at an unplanned downtime due to a failure based, based on the fact that you didn't do the scheduled maintenance because the scheduled maintenance came up a lot faster than it was supposed to. So now that unplanned downtime is not only costing you money to repair or replace that asset, but it's also costing you money when you look at it from downtime. The amount of money lost based on production is significantly more than just replacing that asset or repairing that asset. Yeah. Um, and obviously, yeah. And, and obviously looking at downtime and uh, obviously try, uh, looking at efficiency, um, what's involved in a mine water audit? Cause I think I, I don't know, again, I don't know. I'm speaking, I'm speaking out loud whether a lot of companies, mining companies actually look at this, but what's involved in a water, uh, a mine water audit? 
So mine uh, audit consists uh, consists of, and it's designed to determine if a pump if the pumps are sized properly, how they operate relative to the best efficiency point, um, whether there's a maintenance and a, uh, what the maintenance and repair history looks like, is there a preventative maintenance plan, failure plan, or a redundant system in place, and is making an upgrade to a more efficient piece of equipment cost justified. So what we do is when we get to a site, we'll examine the site overall and, and focus in on the pumping equipment and try to answer those questions. And then for those of you that are listening in, if you do want to do a mine audit, if you were to approach any one of our local branches to do a mine audit, it would be free of charge. Okay. Um, and why are contingency plans important from a uh, mine water management perspective? Well, it all goes back to the comment that I made earlier around the cost of uh, unplanned downtime. Yeah. How it costs 10 times as much as scheduled downtime. So when you look at downtime and the cost associated to it, it's, it's twofold. The cost of repairing the asset and any other piece of equipment that's affected. And then how much production uptime costs are lost with the asset being down. So I've run into many instances in the past where end users pumping systems have been crucial to their operations. So rather than having a capital spare on site, because when you go to these mine sites or any industrial site, you'll find that if a piece of equipment goes down, pulling permits and getting that pump from a different operation takes a significant amount of time. So there's a lot of costs, uh, cost loss, revenue loss based on production downtime. So in those instances, the, the plant operation team knows this, and, and then we know this, rather than having that capital spare, we'll put a redundant identical system in place so that if that piece of equipment does go down, we can simply redirect that flow using valves to the other pump. So the key focus here is to understand how important your operation is or your processes is within your overall operation, and then determine whether you're gonna need a capital spare or be able to have a failure plan in place, or if you do need that redundant system there. Okay. And how many sort of companies have a lot of these sort of plans in place, or do you see it increasing um, among mine operations? We do see it uh, increasing a lot more now. Um, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it goes back to the comment that I made earlier about the cost of doing business. As the cost of doing business is rising, a lot of these mines and industrial sites as, as a whole are starting to look at ways that they can save money. And so they're looking at the, the unplanned down times. They're looking at their systems to see if they're running efficiently because they're considering these energy consumptions. They're looking at smart technologies and just so that they can yield more returns. And, and so I, I've seen that shift more and more now when they look at a particular process and when they're buying a piece of equipment, if you look at a pumping system and if they know that the lead time associated to the pumping system is a significant long, significantly long lead time, say 18 to 20 weeks, they're factoring that in when they're making that initial purchase. And they're like, you know what, rather than having spare parts on site, we should get a second pump here. And we know that if this pump were to go down, this is going to cost us a lot of money we should have a system put into place where we can just have the valve redirect flow because we can't have any sort of downtime. 
Okay, yeah. Um, you mentioned obviously smart technology. What benefits can smart technology bring to a mining operation? Um, and how prevalent is smart smart technology in mining? And I imagine that's obviously only increasing. Yeah. Um, so smart technology can have tremendous effects on mine operations, some of which I've already mentioned. But by incorporating smart technology, your overall efficiency is essentially increasing. You have greater visibility on your assets and their health. Smart technology allows you to have greater visibility into the quality and quantity of water, which I mentioned earlier as well. It helps you determine how much of your process water can be reused versus discharged. And then it helps reduce energy consumption, which in then which in turn reduces premature wear and reduces the cost associated to energy consumption. So the rise, uh, the rising cost of doing business is growing year after year, and it's no secret. So, the, so there's more increased pressure uh, to use more of the water that you currently have, invest in recycling and reusing and focus on efficiency. Um, also, you can yield more returns in the climate where it's become challenging to do so. With that being said, there's been a huge misconsumption around the adoption of smart technology in mining. More end users uh, monitor more to preserve the environment they operate in or, uh, or use less of the ever depleted water resource. More end users are also focused around automation now, whether it's to reduce the risk, safety risks uh, in their operations on remote sites or redirects a, uh, their staff to essentially better utilize them in other processes. So that's what I've been seeing smart tech. That's the ways that I've seen smart technology uh, being utilized. And an example that comes to mind for us, because um, I spoke on automation here, is a pilot that we've just done at uh, New Bolden Metals uh, in Sweden. So their goal is to have uh, the first autonomous uh, operating mine. And so what we helped them with was their dewatering process. We're, we currently have developed an integrated smart, uh, smart pumping system known as the Flight IDD. And we have something similar in the wastewater side already known as the Conserter. So what it does is essentially um, it, it, it has control mechanisms built in internally within the pump. So it controls the speed and the torque while reading the load requirements. So essentially it's finding the best efficiency point per pump cycle. So you no longer have to focus on being 50 to 125% of that best efficiency point because you're, you're working off of a operating field. So you have your minimum duty condition and your maximum duty condition. So using the control that these, that these pumps have, you can reduce that operating field. And by reducing that operating field, the benefit that you're getting is that time it takes for the pump to find the best the most efficient point to pump has now greatly been reduced. And, and so by utilizing such a technology, uh, the pumps take less time to obviously find that best efficiency point. Um, you're reducing the energy consumption, you're running more efficiently. Um, and then what New Bolden to worry about is the fact that the pumps are operating on their own. They don't have to worry about the safety associated to their, to their, uh, staff having to go deep within the, the surface to have to turn the pumps on and off. So the safety risks were minimized. And then they were also able to deliver higher efficiency, which affected their costs and how much they, how many, how much they could yield the return for. And then they were able to redirect their staff to different operations on their site. Okay. Um, if there's obviously some mine operations out there, a, a pretty old, 
how would you recommend someone to start looking and introducing smart technology into their mining operation? That's a great question. Um, being that a lot of my uh, a lot of my background is in pumping systems, I'll use pumping systems as an example when I'm talking about introducing a smart technology. Yeah. Say you were on a site and you were working on a dewatering process. So we'll go by it step by step. Um, so you start with sizing the pump, making sure that you're as close as possible to the best efficiency point. Um, taking into consideration that it's going to be used in, uh, it's going to be multi-use purposes, um, recommend a VFD. So that's the first type of technology that you'll incorporate into your processes. So you have your pumping technology, and then you recommend a VFD because that VFD will allow you to control um, your duty conditions, make sure that you can get closer to the duty conditions um, when it's varying from process to process. From there, say your dewatering uh, processes are now expanding and your mine is growing <coughs> and operations now knows that they need more pumps on site um, rather than introducing more, uh, more VFDs and a lot more technology, what you can do is you can have these multiple pumps uh, operating off of that VFD where you can have these multiple pumps operating off of a simple PLC or intelligent pump controller. Now, a lot of these intelligent pump controllers that are on, um, that are in uh, the industry now um, are able to control between six to eight different pumps. So now operations, um, is utilizing a different piece of technology, which is a, a bit more um, intelligent in relation to a VFD. They know that their mine has expanded, their operations have expanded, so they're able to now use one control to operate these multiple pumps. And then finally, the last step usually involves getting that full, full understanding of your whole processes and having greater visibility. Now to achieve that greater visibility, you're gonna to have to incorporate a SCADA system. So you have your simple PLC system or your intelligent pump control that can tie into your SCADA system. Now what operations uh, gains from this is their, oper their processes have expanded. They have multiple pumps that are being controlled off this one control, but now they can be working remotely and have that visibility of their asset. Know what each of these pumps are doing if they're down, if they are down, it could be a simple phone call uh, or radioing in to have one of the guys on site go check that piece of equipment out. And you could even take it further and have asset management devices uh, built into these processes that will let you know uh, the health of your asset at all times uh, remotely. So that's, that's the type of example that I like to use uh, when you have, say, a dewatering process that expands. So you start with, you start simple, go with one piece of smart technology, like a VFD, you move into something a little bit more elaborate, like a PLC or intelligent pump controller, and then you gain that greater visibility through your SCADA system. And then we've done something similar to this um, just recently in a copper mine in Peru. So we were challenged by, uh, to help that mine expand, um, expand as they discovered more copper and they were expecting a, a larger rainy season in their open pit mine. So as the depths below the surface expanded, uh, routing power became more difficult. In addition, they wanted to have the capability of remotely controlling their pumps because they didn't want to have their staff go deep within below the surface because that was a safety risk. 
So what we proposed was installing Godwin surface-mounted diesel-driven units. So being that they're diesel-driven, di we overcame that power limitation, and then we built out a, a remote monitoring control system. Now that remote monitoring control system allowed them to overcome that safety risk of having their staff go deep below the surface to have to turn the pumps on and off. Um, and then what was unique about that remote, uh, remote monitoring control system was that it, it was able to tie into the existing SCADA system that was on the mine site. So with a lot of these operations, what you're gonna find when you're trying to incorporate this smart technology into their operations is that because it's proprietary information, they don't like to utilize um, SCADA systems that we have to provide or any other solutions provider has to provide. They wanna make sure that the technology that you're offering can tie into their existing technology that's available on site. So that's one thing to consider and yeah. keep in mind. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you can give us another example of where you've introduced smart uh, technology to a client um, and the benefits to the mining operation as a result. Sure. Um, so we just went over the one in Peru. Yeah. Um, before that, I had mentioned the one with uh, new bolded metals in Sweden. Yeah. So we talked about how those pumps were uh, had the built-in intelligence around them, so they were able to achieve that best efficiency point at all times. So by doing so, the result of that uh, for their operations was um, it resulted in reduced operational wear of their equipment by 80%. So they monitored that based, and then how they monitored that was um, their aftermarket sales. They looked at any of, the, any of the impellers or any high wear components. And so it was reduced by 80%. Um, also because of that built-in uh, smart technology and being able to pump um, closer to the best efficiency point, they had additional savings within their operation by 20%. And that came from the energy consumption, uh, pumping more efficient uh, and closer to the best efficiency point. So they had trouble-free pumping four times longer than they previously did. And then one that I didn't mention uh, was around pipeline detection systems. So we were brought into a mine to uh, inspect the, their discharge line uh, for an end user in Colorado. So the, the challenge was to investigate the line for leaks to ensure that the production could continue and that the mine could operate in a sustainable manner and not harm the local environment. So what we proposed was our smart ball technology. So what it does, it travels uh, with the flow of the pipeline and detects leaks using acoustic sensors. So the twofold benefits that the smart ball provided was to identify any of the leaks to, uh, and to enable target repairs of the pipeline and prevent larger incidences from occurring which would result in costly downtime, reduce confidence levels and environmental damage. So the result of that solution was uh, we were able to find a medium sized uh, leak uh, in the pipeline in the vicinity near, uh, nearby a creek, which would have been very bad and catastrophic um, had we continued to, had the end user continued to discharge in that creek, there'd be a lot of fines associated to that. So they were very pleased with the results and they put a they put a plan in place to repair that pipeline immediately. Okay. Um, as a conclusion, um, just wonder what the uh, outlook for Xylem is in the future. Um, our outlook is to continue taking that uh, holistic approach um, and focusing on smart technologies. Um, as I said, the cost of doing business is rising every day. You look at the current climate that we're in with this global pandemic as well, and having to 
uh, having to utilize smart technology a lot faster than they ever would want to. Uh, I've, I've spoken to many uh, end users in mine operations in the last couple of weeks here and, and mainly on automation and adopting smart technology and being able to view uh, remotely. Because if you look within the news, especially within Latin America, uh, the mines have been closed and they just started opening a couple months back. So having those mines be closed and just having minimal operations go on, you can't really yield much returns when you're looking at it from the perspective of an end user. So remote monitoring is key for us. Asset management is another thing that is gonna be fundamental for us uh, in the future when you look at it from the perspective of my, uh, mining and just equipment as a, uh, as a whole. Because when you look at these processes on site, there's a lot of rotating equipment on site. So being able to determine the health of that asset is fundamental for a lot of these end users and having it tie into their SCADA system so that they have a built-in built report in addition to being able to see the duty conditions, they're able to determine the health of their asset and then it makes suggestions of routine maintenance plans. And then you can schedule it around downtime, which then allows you to maximize your uptime. So those are some of the things that we're focusing in on and then, uh, and then most importantly, we're, we're trying to evaluate our treatment solutions that we have on the, the water utility side and see if we can leverage them on within the industrial sector, uh, mainly in mining and oil and gas. And the reason why I say that is because water as a resource isn't as abundant as, as it once was. So that circular economy uh, term is being thrown out um, in public quite a bit now. And what that refers to is basically recycling and reuse. Um, a lot of these sites, if they're remote with, uh, with mining, trucking in water is very expensive. So they have to consider that and they have to consider the time associated for the transport of that water to their site. Um, and so when they factor that in, they're looking at a lot of these treatment solutions and making sure that they can uh, recycle as much of their process water and reuse it throughout their processes. So those are some types of technologies and solutions and things that we're considering um, in the near future here. Yeah. Really appreciate your time, Jesse. Thanks a lot for uh, obviously giving our audience an uh, overview of um, obviously Xylem and obviously the um, water management plans and things that you do as a company. If our audience wants to reach out to you and may have some questions and um, about their water management plans, how can they go about doing that? And are you on any social media? Yeah, you can definitely go on our website, uh, depending where you're located geographically, you can uh, locate uh, a local representative that way. That's, that's probably the easiest way to do so. But if you do want to get in contact with me, um, I mean, I can share my email with you and my contact information. I don't know if you want me to share it right now. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. Be yeah, in the show. Sure. Well. Yeah. Um, so if you want to reach me via email, it would be jesse.parmar, J-E-S-S-Y dot Parmar, P-A-R-M-A-R at xyleminc.com. And Xylem Inc. is X-Y-L-E-M-I-N-C.com. And then um, if you want to get a hold of me immediately, you can reach me on my cell, which is 587-337-4156. Yep. And that's a plus one in front of that because we've got audience all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. 
really appreciate your time again, Jesse. Um, and for all the, the listeners, appreciate if you can, um, hope you enjoyed the, this episode um, around obviously water management. And I suppose it is an important issue within the mining industry and obviously in, in the world, in any industry. So appreciate if you can pass this um, episode on, share this episode with other people within the mining um, industry to friends, colleagues, etc., who you think can benefit from listening to this episode. Um, so appreciate your time listening. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.